Hello, this is Alex, and you are listening to Equity Monday. Good morning. Are you excited? I hope so. It's YC Demo Day week this week, which means that TechCrunch and kind of most of the early stage investing world will be digging through a zillion new startups. I'll be taking part in TechCrunch's coverage, so please stick around the site later this afternoon. There's going to be so many neat companies to dig into. I've also been talking to some VCs about what they think is the hottest, so we'll see how that bears out. Uh, Demo day is Monday and Tuesday of this week for, I think, two different three-hour blocks. Okay. Autonomous vehicle sensor startup Luminar is looking to go public via a SPAC. This should not be a huge shock, but it is interesting. The company has raised about a quarter billion before this news, according to my research this morning. Luminar is going to merge with a SPAC called, and I'm going to try here, Gora's Metropolis close enough. In a transaction worth about $3.4 billion, uh, the SPAC is going to bring $400 million in cash to the party, and then uh, previous backers will bring another $170 million. So a, a fraction of um, this company will actually float or trade, and the rest will remain kind of in the hands of previous backers. It's going to be a fun transaction to watch because we've seen SPACs take electric vehicle companies or you know almost companies public. Uh, in this case, a different part of the automotive stack is going to spack itself onto the public market. So we'll see how that performs. And finally, on this really boring, arcane financial topic that I know you're so tired of hearing about, venture capitalist, famous venture capitalist, Bill Gurley, has published some notes on SPACs that we are looking forward to reading, and you should too. So we will drop a link to that in the show notes. Okay. All right, so moving on. Remember when Uber's food delivery business kind of came to the rescue of its ride-hailing business in Q2? And remember when all the data dropped from Walmart and Target about how strong their e-commerce sales were? Well, the same trends that we're seeing here in America are echoing in China. In fact, China may be a little bit ahead of us for a reason that we'll talk about shortly. But Meituan Jianping had pretty strong results on its on-demand business. And Alibaba and JD.com had pretty strong results on their e-commerce business per CNBC this morning. I bring all this up because it seems that the trend of on-demand and e-commerce seeing rapid growth appears to be sticking in markets where COVID-19 has been beaten back. So in time, in the States, when we're better at COVID, the changed economy may persist. And that matters for a lot of companies out there that are working to grow in both the on-demand and e-commerce spaces. So a little glimpse into the future there. Okay, and stocks were up this morning in Asia. They were sharply higher in Europe. And we record this show just before the market opens in the US to get it to you as soon as we can. But it does look like stocks are going to open green here as well. Those are the headlines for this Monday morning. But before we start, some tiny housekeeping notes. Equity is back on YouTube. So if you want to see what it looks like when we talk and how much coffee it takes to actually record the Friday episode, youtube.com slash TechCrunch. With that, follow us on Twitter at EquityPod and let's go. As always, we're going to start with what happened over the weekend. What happened over the last couple of days that matters to our world of startups, private capital, and the IPO market? Well... In Fortnite news, Epic Games released a filing on Sunday alleging that Apple, quote, is threatening an entire ecosystem of game developers, according to The Verge. And I bring all this up because Microsoft has weighed in on uh, the Epic Fortnite Apple conflagration, if you will, uh, over the Unreal Gaming engine. And if you don't know gaming, you don't know why that matters, but it really does matter in the gaming world. It's, it's, it's really interesting to see how much of the world is getting riled up against Apple's 30% cut of App Store spend. And what appear to be kind of sharpening elbows from Apple to defend what increasingly looks like too large of a percentage in 2020. Um, of course, Apple would say, yes, we give them space to, you know, flourish on iOS. And I would say, yes, but 
iOS wouldn't flourish without the apps. So maybe 30% is too high. It, it, news publishers, Microsoft, Epic, TikTok. I mean, like people don't like this. And I'm surprised to see this level of dissent against Apple, which has famously managed to keep it boxed up and only on private channels. So we'll see what happens there. News also broke this morning or over the weekend, I should say, that Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg helped gin up concern in Washington about TikTok. This makes his latest declaration that a for sale of TikTok's American operations wouldn't be great for Facebook, either kind of in bad faith or somewhat ironic. Also, TikTok plans to sue the Trump administration and a nonprofit is challenging the admin against moves regarding WeChat and ByteDance. So there's a lot of pushback on what Trump and his friends want to do. Finally, there is no public Palantir S1. We thought it was coming on Friday. It didn't after we broke a bunch of news, not saying they're connected, but it wouldn't be totally shocking. And uh, it just hasn't come out yet. I, as of when I record this, there is no Palantir S1 public. So I can't, I can't share it with you, but hopefully soon. And then there's going to be a lot more work to do. Oh, and finally, sorry, VCs tweeting that they knew Palantir wasn't as good as expected in terms of financial performance, but only saying that after we publish the numbers, they only get half credit. Okay. All right, two funny announcements for you this morning. First, two ways to pronounce this, Dataku or Dataiku. Dataku? Hard to say. It's data and haiku smushed is how this word goes together. Anyways, it raised $100 million more at an undisclosed valuation. According to Forbes, the CEO said it is, quote, still a unicorn. It was worth $1.4 billion before. And that quote via its CEO, Florian Dotal. Go with that. The startup last was $101 million in December of 2018. So what is it? Well, I did some research this morning. And it's one of those companies that's a little bit hard to describe. But effectively, it is an enterprise artificial intelligence platform that appears to be targeted at various business use cases from kind of analysts all the way to data science teams. So it's data science software, in other words, that has both code and low-code features built into it that I saw on the site, if that makes some sense. Of course, we can't comment on pricing, given that all that information is occluded behind call us buttons. Welcome to modern SaaS. But it also looks like a somewhat regular SaaS play, and the round was led by Stripes with Tiger Global Management, and then a bunch of investors that were there before, including Battery Ventures, Capital G, Dawn Capital, First Mark, and uh, Iconic. Second, TechCrunch recently covered Data Assembly raising $10.3 million. This is a Washington-based startup. According to our own John Schieber, it aims to take the guesswork out of pricing for consumer goods. So interesting. How does that work? So I poked around this morning. And essentially what, what Data Assembly does is collects tons of data from grocery stores and other physical retail locations and then provides that data, which is pricing and kind of in-store performance information to let retailers and brands make better, faster choices because you don't want something to not be selling for several weeks before you fix it. You want it to know now because speed matters. In short, e-commerce is growing, certainly, but physical retail is not dead. And if it can become more efficient, we'll stay not dead even longer. Finally today, tuned in listeners of the show will recall that Natasha Mascarenas, Danny Crichton, and myself have been noodling on an idea called the Anti-Antitrust Club, which we promised some time ago, to be totally honest, to turn into a post. The good news is, we have. It's finally out this morning. You can go read it. It should be up on the site uh, as you listen to this. It's a quick look at a couple of startups in different business categories that are directly challenging folks like Google and Search, to pick an example. Now, I don't think it's controversial to say that the biggest tech companies are pretty powerful here in the U.S. and China, and you know, not to mention other markets with local incumbents. But in the U.S., the question about power is very acute because the U.S. government ostensibly 
doesn't play kingmaker, which means that the market has to dislodge the largest companies itself. But is that possible, you know, in the short, medium, or long term? Can a smaller company really knock Google search dominance off its plinth, even though Microsoft hasn't really succeeded with Bing? Well, the anti-antitrust club startups are taking on a lot of big tech on their home turf, and I can't stop thinking about what it might mean if all the companies we've mentioned just kind of don't change anything. What if they all wind up falling short? Would that prove that the biggest tech companies are simply too integrated to disrupt, too vertically stacked to jump over, that maybe building the search tech and the OS and baking the search tech into the OS is too much power to break free from? I don't know. But as always, here at TC, we are in favor of smaller companies kicking the living hell out of big companies more than the other way around. So give it a read. Let us know what you think. Uh, Good comments may come up on the Friday show. We shall see. Oh, speaking of which, we may do an extra app this week with faves from YC if we can fit it in. So chat Friday, if not sooner. And that was Equity Monday for August 24th, 2020. Follow the show on Twitter at EquityPod or myself on Twitter at Alex. We are back Friday morning. If not before, we shall see you then. Goodbye.